The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Welcome back to hour number two of today's edition of The Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Tuesday morning. It is 8.02 in the beautiful city of Tucson, and we are live here at uh, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show, whether you're tuning in on the AM side at 1490, on the FM side at 104.9, or if you've chosen to listen via the live stream, which you can find on ESPNTucson.com. I appreciate you tuning in here. We know that you have a choice of where you listen uh, and get your information for them for as far as sports news, information, inside opinions, entertainment, whatever have you, and I uh, appreciate you choosing the Jeff Dean Show here every weekday from 7 to 9 a.m. We're keeping it live and local here as we continue to talk Arizona versus UCLA. I get all geeked out, and I know that, you know, I've had bosses tell me, he's like, nobody wants to talk X's and O's and stuff like that, and I, 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 I try to keep it to somewhat of a minimum, but I want people to be more educated about what they're seeing. And I'm not trying to insult people's intelligence. I know that you guys know what you're looking at when you're watching a basketball game. Certainly, Arizona fans are very aware. Look, it's it's become legacy now. It's become generational, Arizona basketball has been. And kids have begun to grow up watching basketball from their parents and their other family members, friends, all that kind of stuff. And the younger generation is even more aware of things that are happening in, uh, in, in you know, at, as far as Arizona basketball, how to watch a basketball game, things like that. A little important stuff about what you're looking at. So I'm not trying to insult anybody's intelligence. I just like to take a deep dive into what you can expect and how I think Arizona can be successful in certain aspects and, and how to beat a team, essentially. Um, and this is not, like, this isn't groundbreaking stuff here. I just try to give you as much information so that if it's something that you like to consume and you like to look at these kinds of things and the ins and outs of, uh, you know, whatever have you, I guess my, my analyst uh, hat, come, you know, starts to, starts to you know, emerge on top of my head as I'm breaking down basketball. It's always been a passion of mine. Um, I enjoy doing it. I did it for three seasons alongside Brian Jeffries there as we were traveling on the road with the team inside the, uh, inside the conference got to announce some games and analyze some stuff and spent a lot of time talking to people who were a hell of a lot smarter than I am about the game of basketball and learned a lot in my three years of spending time with the coaches and the staff there at Arizona. And uh, one of them still exists, Jack Murphy, the associate head coach there for Tommy Lloyd. Um, he's been the one that's responsible for scouting UCLA. He knows UCLA very well. He has scouted them several times before. This is nothing new for Jack, and uh, I'm sure that Arizona's going to have a great game plan for Mick and the Bruins tonight. Here are my three keys to an Arizona victory tonight. As Arizona takes on UCLA at Poly Pavilion, 9 p.m. tonight, the game is on ESPN. It'll be announced by Dave Pash and Bill Walton, so that's always going to be fun. Uh, and, of course, Bill in his element at Poly Pavilion where he won championships. He's a living legend uh, over there. He's a living legend everywhere. He is like the living legend of UCLA basketball. So it's always fun to watch Bill in his element there. And Bill, look, is, is a, you know, is obviously as much of a UCLA fan slash homer, whatever you want to call him, as he is. He loves watching Arizona basketball as well and has developed a great relationship with everyone over here at, uh, at Arizona basketball as well. So it's going to be a good good broadcast tonight. should be uh, must-see TV. And I know there's a lot of people that turn – that you know, tune Bill Walton out 
Um, and I get it. He, he does uh, go on some asides from time to time. Uh, that When I say time to time, that's like 30 out of the 40 minutes of a basketball game. But nonetheless, he <laughs> he does know what he's talking about. And I, I've look, I've sat in meetings with Bill. And, and when I say a meeting, Bill would show up to practice and sit there. And Bill's got this stack of notebooks that he brings with him. And I mean, he is a... He is a painstakingly detailed note taker, and even talking to me like one one day we were sitting down. He was sitting there. And he's like, "So tell me about yourself." And he's so he's writing all this stuff down. He's like, "Jeff Dean from Tucson lives in Phoenix. You know all this other stuff. Travels with the team. Uh, you know all the PA announcer and all this other stuff." And he you know he takes these notes about everything. And he sits with the coaches, and he takes notes, and he talks to everybody, and he watches the practices, and he talks to the players, and he takes notes. So he's extremely prepared. It's not like he just walks into the broadcast booth and is like, all right, let's talk about Grateful Dead and, you know, my teepee and all these other things and by riding a bicycle through the desert. And uh, he's he knows what he's talking about, and, you know, he's he's very detailed. He just is – he likes to have fun. He loves his job, and he loves his life, and uh, I applaud him for that. Here are my three keys to an Arizona victory tonight. And look, this first one is something that has driven me nuts over the last two years of watching this particular iteration of this UCLA team and the the collection of players that they have, and just specifically how teams have defended them. Do not fall for the ball fake. UCLA, this, this group of players, leads the entire planet in ball fake playmakers. They, like... That's all they do is ball fake. I, if, if, if a UCLA player puts the ball up the first time they touch it, it's, it's a miracle. Like, they ball fake everything, and they've gotten better at it. You watch them play this year, and it's like, ooh, ooh that was a nasty ball fake right there. Arizona defenders are going to have to be disciplined in defending those ball fakes, knowing the difference between a fake and a legitimate play. Don't jump at their first offering, okay? It's it's nine times out of ten it's going to be a fake. They're trying to get you up in the air because it's how they draw fouls. Uh, Juzang and, and Hakez love going to the free throw line. Cody Riley, around the basket, will fake right, go left. Remember, he can finish with both hands under the rim there. He's very good at, at, at moving uh, through, uh, through both. And, look, Cody Riley will miss – he'll miss bunnies. He'll miss four or five bunnies in a game. So just be ready for the rebound. Do not fall for the ball fake. I'm Like, I would just – I would sit there courtside the last couple of years just, like, pounding the desk and trying not to scream, you know, because, well, last year, obviously, if I screamed last year, everyone would hear me, so I had to be careful. Um, I, I do get a little vocal there at the, at the scores table. I Sometimes I need to watch myself, but – Regardless, it would drive me absolutely crazy because UCLA it happened it happened forty times a game. UCLA defender a player would catch the ball, ball fake, defender goes up like oh, I'm going to grab this ball out of midair, jump ten feet in the air and grab the ball. Out of You're not going to do anything, okay? Play good solid defense. They love to draw fouls and or blow by the defender once they've gotten them into the air and get easy buckets. Don't fall. For the ball fake, period, exclamation point. Arizona has to stay disciplined on defense. Make sure that when they do catch the ball, that you're in their face, hand in the face, low stance, ready to defend your left, your right, or a jump shot. Do not jump into the air on the first offering. They're ball faking you. That's what they do. (laughs) Okay? Watch the film. 
be disciplined, stay focused, you'll be fine. Key number two, let's get physical. The Bruins starting five, I mentioned several times. It's a it's a very veteran core of starters. Three juniors, two seniors, they know what they're doing. They all play a physical brand of basketball. So the Wildcats had better be ready for a fight tonight because you do not want to be a counterpuncher with UCLA. If you try to counterpunch them, then they will just continue to hammer away on you. You have to deliver the first punch. So it's going to be important for Arizona to not only stay ahead on the scoreboard, but stay ahead in terms of establishing themselves, establishing a dominance in the paint or establishing a dominance on the glass, okay? Find something in a a physical portion of the game where you can be king because that's where UCLA reigns. They they just – they're they're tough – they're physical. They're smart. That's how they go about their business. That's how they, they've, uh, they've always done it under Mick Cronin. That's how this team does it this year as well. So stay physical. Don't be reckless, but be physical. And finally, on offense, attack the paint. I mean, go at that paint with a reckless abandon. Cody, and Riley, Cody Riley and, and Miles, uh, Miles Johnson, their, their backup center, the transfer, really good player actually, are both aggressive shot blockers. They they love to to I mean you have to defend the rim in that in that style of defense that they play, you have to defend the rim because physically they get so close to you that if you do beat them off the dribble, there's nobody behind them. So it's it's important for their defensive scheme to protect the rim and they do have two good rim protectors that they trade in and out between Cody and Miles. So you you have to be wary of that. But also let's remember that this is Cody Riley and Miles Johnson. Both of them average more than four and a half fouls per 40 minutes. Okay, so if essentially, you know, they're not going to play 40 minutes because they're interchangeable, they're big men, they're not going to play 40. If they did, they would both be anywhere between four and five fouls every game. That's their trend. They're both averaging four and a half fouls per 40 minutes. Attack the rim. Attack the paint. Get after them. If Arizona can use combo bigs, and this is going to be huge for Arizona, if Azulis Tabellis can go, and if he's at least 90% strength as, as far as the, the stability on his ankle, that's going to be huge for Arizona. Because what you do is you essentially use Coloco and Balo alongside Tabellis, and you try to just close the walls in on UCLA's front court. Okay? You, you just try to push, push like a like a like a bracket, like a big parenthesis. You use those two guys to just kind of squeeze their bigs into the paint. Give them that feeling like the walls are closing in and they've got nowhere else to go, because that's when you'll create fouls. That's when you'll also get help defense coming from the perimeter, and you can find drive and kick to wide open shooters on the perimeter. It is so so important for Arizona to attack the paint tonight. I cannot. I cannot express express that enough. If Arizona is unable to get into the paint, they are in huge trouble unless they just shoot the absolute lights out from beyond the arc, which I would not expect them to do because this year's team, what are they, 140th or something like that in the country in three-point shooting, they haven't shown the the ability to be able to do that on a consistent basis. Sure, they've had a few games where they've shot 50% from beyond the arc, but they've had games where they shot 12% from beyond the arc, okay? They, they're just not the most consistent team in the country as far as good three-point shooting. 
they, it doesn't mean they don't get good looks. They get plenty of good looks. They're just not. It's just not the the best collection of outside shooters. Arizona's best shooter, at least as far as efficiency goes from three point, is Ben Matherin. If he can hit three point uh, three three pointers tonight, I think that's going to be huge for Arizona. Um, again, obviously, Azulos Tabellas's health is is the one thing. Like his injury, can he go? He's a game time decision for Tommy Lloyd. Um, obviously, you know, being hurt in the first half of the Stanford game, he's had Friday, Saturday, Sunday, yesterday, and he'll have all day today to rehab that. So it's it's a legitimate five full days to rehab that sprained ankle that he was uh, wearing the boot immediately following the injury in that game um, against against Stanford. So his health is going to be paramount to Arizona's success. They're going to need that other big body in there because UCLA is going to throw two, three big bodies at Arizona. The, you know, UCLA, not only do they have Cody Riley and, and, and Miles Johnson, uh, you know, but they've also got, um, uh, what's his name? Um, uh, Nwuba, Kenneth Nwuba. Uh, you know, he's like 6'10", 260 pounds. Like he's a big dude too. So, uh, they, they have some bigs that they can throw out there if somebody gets in foul trouble or if they're ineffective or if they get hurt or whatever. So it's going to be important for Arizona. If if Pella Larson has to start at the four, then Pella's just going to have to play that physical brand of basketball that we've really kind of come to come to expect out of him now, right? I mean, we've watched Pella Larson play a really physical brand of basketball. He's been very tough for Arizona in those situations. So I like what I've seen out of the Swede from the uh, the transfer from Utah and Pelo Larson. It hasn't been so much his shooting. It's been his his toughness and his ability to go on there and rebound and uh, if, lately block shots as well, right? So uh, so Arizona can do some multiple things as well. This is going to be a great matchup. This, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that Arizona is going to stomp the guts out of UCLA because they lost to Gonzaga by 20 and they're an overrated team, okay? I do believe that UCLA – as far as in the AP is a is a tad bit overrated. They're rated seven in the AP. If I were voting, if in, in, not voting, but I, like in my opinion, UCLA is not a top ten team in the country right now. They're probably somewhere between eighteen and eleven in the country. Some somewhere somewhere in that mix. They're not a top ten team right now. They're not playing like a top ten team. Nor were they playing like a top ten team last year. They just made a run to the Final Four. It was an impressive run. Johnny Juzang got hot and was shooting the lights out in every game they played. And Jaime Hawkins is as solid as a basketball player as you can get. And Tiger Campbell has improved. They're a very difficult matchup for anybody. If if anyone can crack the code, though, it's Arizona. And I certainly hope that they do tonight in, uh, in Los Angeles. There's been a lot of talk between the two fan bases. Lots. And Arizona fans, look, <laughs> you, you started like you started it. It's not it's not UCLA fans starting, and I'm not saying that you know you're you're in the wrong because I'm right there with you. But uh, uh, Arizona fans started the yapping, so it's 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 been a fun several weeks of waiting for this game to finally happen, and it's here. So there you go. Those are my uh, that's my breakdown, my preview, my three keys. Don't fall for the ball fake. Let's get physical. Attack the paint, and Arizona. If they can do that, they'll come away with a victory tonight in Los Angeles, and uh, come on home, get ready to play ASU this Saturday. All right, I'm going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll uh, we'll talk a little uh, NBA basketball as the Suns were in action last night, and then we'll be joined by Matt Moreno coming up in just about uh, about 12 minutes from now. Stay tuned right here to ESPN Tucson. It's the Jeff Dean Show. 
Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Matt Moreno of Go AC Cats coming up in just about 10 minutes from now. Talk some Wildcat recruiting and Polynesian Bowl with him. Also, uh, within those 10 minutes, we'll open up the uh, the text line once again for those Tucson Roadrunners tickets. we got a family four-pack to give away this Saturday as the Roadrunners take on the Condors of Bakersfield on Star Wars night there in Tucson. Now, again, that game's at 7. The Wildcat game is at 1, so you can do both if you want to. We're going to give away a family four-pack right now. Text the word ROADRUNNERS to 68683. That's ROADRUNNERS to 68683. This will give you a registration, a little registration ticket into the old raffle. And we're going to draw. We have quite a few of these things to give away. So we're going to be giving away quite a few of them to those of you who register. So good luck. Text the word ROADRUNNERS right now to 68683. you got about a 10-minute window here with which to, uh, to get those registrations in. Good luck, and may the force be with you. Last night in college hoops action in the Pac-12, it was USC just uh, like they, they were asleep early as Arizona State came to the Galen Center. Uh, they were asleep early. They fell down early. It was like 20-6. to 6. Arizona State had the lead. Then it was like 22-10. to 10. And then USC went on a 21-2 to 2 run to complete the first half and never looked back. They end up beating Arizona State, who was without Bobby Hurley, and also without um, also without their uh, uh, their other um, uh, player uh, Jay Heath, who had been suspended for the game. Sorry, uh, without Jay Heath, who had been suspended for the game, ended up winning that game seventy eight to fifty six. Now, here's the thing: uh, I, I'm I'm not one. I'm not someone who piles on Bobby Hurley because I know things that have happened behind the scenes with Bobby um, that I have a lot of respect for him about. And I'm not going to share those with you. Those are those are just, you know, things that are it's kind of not public information type stuff. But listen, I have I have respect. I have a lot of respect for Bobby Hurley and and I'm not I'm not somebody who's going to pile on. He wasn't there for his team last night because he chose to n- not break up a fight essentially that was occurring between his players and the officiating crew from the game at Stanford the other night. He chose to walk off after an expletive tirade that was directed at the officials. He chose not to be there. Last night, his team chose not to play good basketball. Like, let's just call it like it is. They were minus 24 on on the glass. Minus 24 in rebounding. And look, USC is a good rebounding team. They are not the most elite rebounding team in the country, which you would expect to see out of a team that won the rebounding edge 47-23. to 23. Also, until a technical foul late in the game, in the final like five, four minutes, four or five minutes of that game, Arizona State had attempted one free throw. One. Until a technical foul and then a couple of late fouls by the scrubs, by USC scrubs, sent some ASU players to the line. They finished with uh, five free throw attempts in the game. You cannot complain about officiating if you are not trying. I'm sorry. You, you do not have a leg to stand on if you're Arizona State basketball right now. If, to complain about the officiating, the disparity in free throw attempts, if you are not even trying to get to the free throw line. 
Like, if you're, if you're not doing what it takes as an offensive basketball team to force the other team into committing fouls, shooting fouls, and whatnot, you, you don't deserve to – you have not earned the right to argue uh, with, with the officials. You just don't. You, you have not earned that right. They had one free throw attempt through the first 34 minutes or 35 minutes of that game last night. One. That is not – that is not the Pac-12 is out to get us. That is – we don't give a damn about playing the type of basketball that gets you to the free throw line. We are a jump shooting team. That's all we do. We just take jump shots. We take errant jump shots. We take 33-point jump shots in a single game when we are the worst shooting team in the country. They are. They, they're the worst power five shooting team in the country. They're 345th in the country in field goal percentage out of 350 teams. So that, to me, does not scream of a team who should be taking – 30 jump shots, 33-point jump shots in a game. <laughs> so, look, one free throw attempt to 19, I'm not listening. Like, I don't – that is – that's not a disparity. That's one team didn't give a rip, literally what that is. So, I, I don't, I don't want to hear about the complaining uh, from, the, from the Arizona State players, coaches, staff, whatever have you. That's just not trying. You're not trying hard enough, period. Phoenix Suns last night had a nice win. They win 115-109 to 109 over the Utah Jazz. Huge game for Chris Paul. 27 points, 14 assists, 9 rebounds. He was one rebound away from a triple-double. I know a couple of people who had a parlay with a Chris Paul triple-double in there. My condolences. Devin Booker led all scores with 33. He was 14 of 35 from the field. 35, jump shot, 35 shot attempts in that game was 3 of 13 beyond the arc. Not the best shooting night. But he was a volume shooter and a volume scorer last night. Cam Johnson also poured in 20. Love watching that kid shoot. Five of eight from beyond the arc for Cam. And uh, Bismack Bayambo had himself a nice game coming off the bench. Played 31 minutes. Was 7 of 10 from the field. Had 16 points, 13 boards. And uh, he was a difference maker in the middle. The Jazz were without Rudy Gobert, who hurt himself in the uh, – got hurt in the – hurt himself – Got hurt in the in the Golden State game um, over the weekend, and so they're without him, and they're still waiting to see what uh, what happens with him. Also, they're without uh, Joe Ingles, who had a right ankle sprain in the Golden State game as well. So the uh, the Phoenix Suns continue their their torrid pace atop the uh, the NBA Western Conference, atop the NBA period. Uh, end of story. The, uh, the the top of the NBA. So the Suns will continue their uh, their their stretch here. As you can listen to it right here on ESPN Tucson. We are your Tucson home for Suns basketball. Their next game Wednesday night at Utah. So a little back and back home and home uh, here with the Utah Jazz. That game can be heard right here on ESPN Tucson. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When we return, we'll be joined by senior editor of GoAZCatsAndRivals.com, Matt Moreno, to talk some recruiting with us next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show here on ESPN Tucson. 8.33 on your Tuesday morning, and we're going to talk some Wildcat recruiting with our recruiting insider, he, of course, is the senior editor of GoAZCats and Rivals.com. He is Matt Moreno, and he joins us right now on the Jeff Dean Show. Matt, good morning. Happy Tuesday to you. How are you, sir? Good morning, Jeff. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. Well, it's always good to have you on because recently, at least this season, 
uh, we've been having a lot of great news in regards to Arizona's football recruiting. Now, the recruiting dead period is fast approaching, so the coaches have once again scattered themselves across the country to uh, scour the, the high schools for the next influx of talent uh, at the University of Arizona. Can you tell us kind of where the coaches are concentrating their efforts right now? I mean, obviously, with as much success as they've, as they've had in California recently, California's been a big area. Uh, obviously, Jetfish has continued to try and make Arizona uh, a big priority as well, so to make sure to keep uh, all the top prospects home. And, you know, that takes some work, so Arizona's definitely been a priority. The coaches have been up in Phoenix quite a bit over the last few weeks. Um, Texas has continued to be one of those areas that uh, the staff has been in a lot, especially, you know, in the secondary. You've seen Chuck Cecil and Dwayne Walker out in Texas quite a bit over the last few weeks. Um, and then recently, uh, just yesterday, they made a stop at Bishop Borman in, in Las Vegas. And so we know Jed Fish yeah. has some connections there. Jordan Powell spent some time, you know, at, in Las Vegas uh, at UNLV. So he has some connections there. So uh, Nevada has been one of those areas that's been, uh, you know, a priority for the school as well. So, uh, you know, trying to keep it local, it feels like. I mean, I haven't really seen them go too far out uh, in terms of reaching out to other places. But um, obviously those those areas that I mentioned are a lot of the, the main recruiting bases for the staff, and they, they want them to be the main recruiting bases. So a lot of California, a lot of Arizona, and Texas, some Nevada, um, maybe some in the uh, Pacific Northwest as well. Now, as it stands right now, with the with the uh, with the scholarship count at Arizona football for the 2022 season, where where does Arizona? How do they fill out their scholarships? Essentially, are there any scholarships available for incoming 2022 class, or are these all 2023 and beyond? There's a few, and and I think you could see them add maybe a couple more. Um, you know, next week once the the regular signing period begins or the late signing period. Um, but I think for now it's mostly going to be settled. I think there's, you know, a lot of the attention is, is now on the 2023 class and trying to build that out. Uh, they just had a four-star quarterback who's going to decide here real soon. Um, over the weekend they had, a, they had him come out from Colorado, Braden uh, Dorman, uh, top 250 quarterback who uh, is want, well, he wants to make a quick decision. Arizona was the last school on his short list that he needed to visit, and so uh, he's going to push forward and, and he's looking like he'll make an announcement in February. So uh, it's already getting started with the next class. So the, the, a lot of the attention is on the 2023 group, the current junior class. There's a big junior day coming up this weekend at Arizona mm-hmm. um, where they're going to have a lot of recruits out because, as you mentioned, the dead period is coming up. And so this is the last weekend for recruits to visit. Uh, February will be completely dead. They won't be able to take visits. Coaches can still you know, reach out to, to uh, 2022 recruits, and, and they can start conversations if those 2023 recruits want to reach out to coaches. But – uh, you can't take visits. They can't leave campus. Um, so it'll be it'll be a while before they kind of get face-to-face again. So this will be an important weekend for sure. You know, I'm glad you brought up Braden Dorman, who made a, a visit over the weekend on a rainy uh, rainy day in Tucson, one of the few rainy days that we see in Tucson. Um, tell us a little bit about Braden Dorman. I, I've, I've heard quite a bit about him, and obviously over the weekend I heard quite a bit more because he was in Tucson. What is his, uh, what is his profile? What's his outlook? Yeah, I mean, he's kind of what I think Jed Fish – ultimately envisions the quarterback position looking like at Arizona. And, you know, in his system, he's a big six foot five quarterback with a big arm, put up a lot of great stats so far through three seasons as a starter at his school in Colorado. Um, he's coming off his best season, uh, has a career uh, completion percentage of, of 60%. So he's been really pretty accurate. Uh, doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. 
um, kind of fits the profile of what you think of as a, as a pro-style quarterback. And so um, the one thing with him that he – I've talked to him a couple times over the last week or so, both after the visit and before his visit, and the one thing that really has attracted him to Arizona, and he brings up pretty much with every question I have, he comes back to this, is the NFL experience on the staff at Arizona. And Jetfish himself and, and you know, some of the other coaches, that really is something that he's gravitated toward. Um, and so that's something that is really on his mind. I think Arizona did a good job of, um, you know, making him feel comfortable that, you know, they could be the place to take him to that next level. He has NFL aspirations. That's what he wants to be eventually. And so I think that's been a big deal for him throughout this process. And um, Oregon State had, had a lot of the buzz coming into that visit with Arizona. But after talking with him, uh, it's clear to me that Arizona's right in the mix. And um, he's going to wait. He's going to give other programs a chance if they want to offer him this next week. Uh, there are some schools that are coming in to watch him throw, um, but he says if you know if there's no other schools that enter the mix, he's going to move forward and wants to make a decision quick. He wants to be you know the catalyst of of whatever recruiting class he joins and wants to get people to join him. So um, definitely a, a different type of quarterback than Arizona's brought in recently. Not like Jaden Delora, not like Noah Fafita. Uh, he's got great size, really big arm, and it kind of fits the profile of what you think of of that pro style NFL type of quarterback. You know, it's all it's all well and good to be thinking about the 2023 class and and uh, you know a, a top pro style quarterback in in Braden Dorman, but I want to talk about and I think a lot of fans are interested to find out what the buzz is around the the quarterback room right now as it stands right now. The Arizona has brought in transfer Jaden Delora, as you've mentioned, of course Noah Fafita, the incoming freshman, and the guys who are currently on scholarship. It's getting a little it, where it was a very thin quarterback room before. In the last couple of months, it's become a little bit more log jammed inside of there. What are what are what are some of the buzz coming out of the quarterback room and surrounding the quarterback position at Arizona right now? Yeah, I think uh, you know in general, I think everyone's belief is that Jaden Delore is going to end up being the starting quarterback, but I also don't think he's going to be handed the job either. I think there's going to be a certain amount of competition that's going to have to take place, and I think if you look at Arizona's quarterback room and you look at the players that are you know on the roster right now to a man they're all very competitive i mean even if you talk to you know will Plummer and Vander cruz they're very competitive guys uh, noah fafita is maybe the most competitive of that group i mean yeah. uh, talking to him he's kind of made no uh he made, made no secret about it that he wants to try and be the starter this season and, and he wants to try and win the job so uh, and he's very competitive has always kind of played with a chip on his shoulder because of you know those size limitations and his height and the talk of that kind of throughout his career as a quarterback. And so um, he comes in with a you know, competitive fire as well. And so uh, Jordan McLeod obviously is coming off his injury and looked like he was going to be the guy to, to be the starter potentially next season uh, because of what he showed, you know, in his first year at Arizona. And so he's going to be, you know, in there competing as well. So it'll be very interesting to see kind of how it all plays out. But I think the feeling still is that, you know, James Delora will eventually, you know, win that job because of his, his success. Uh, Noah spoke this week at the Polynesian Bowl in Hawaii and mentioned that, um, you know, he's looking forward to learning from Jane Delore. He met, he admitted, hey, he has the one thing that I don't have, which is experience, and yeah. he's done this before. And so I think that's the case for a lot of the quarterbacks, you know, in the room. Some of them have played now. Well, all of them have played uh, a little bit. But Jane Delora, I mean, has had a ton of success and has a lot of experience at the Pac-12 level, playing at a high level in the league. And so I think, you know, that's something that's going to be to his advantage moving forward. We're joined by Matt Moreno, senior editor of Go AZ Cats and Rivals.com here on the Jeff Dean Show. You can always follow him on Twitter at Matt Go AZ Cats. Matt, you brought up the Polynesian Bowl. It was this Sunday. Arizona had six players 
inside that Polynesian Bowl, and several of them were making big plays in the game, including a, a rushing touchdown for Noah Fafita. What was your overall general sense of the performance of the Arizona recruits in that game? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously an all-star game, so it's a little bit difficult. Usually in events like that, the practices tell you a lot more than the yeah. actual game just because, you know, people get on TV and they, they kind of try and shine a little bit more than they should, maybe do things they normally wouldn't just because they, they feel like there's maybe some pressure to make plays. But um, I thought the thing that stood out, that continues to stand out and has stood out since, you know, the beginning of last year is, is, is T-Mac, Tetero McMillan, is uh, really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't have an amazing game, but he did enough. And if you're having a halfway decent game in, in a in an all-star game like that, you're doing well. And so, um, you know, he made some nice plays, really showcased his ability to, to make things look easy. And I know that was one of the things that a lot of the analysts that were there in Hawaii were able to see, uh, well, Matt, just making things look easy. Matt, and, let, me, let, me, uh, let, me just, let me just interject for a moment, if, if I may. You know, you, you mentioned you mentioned T Mac. He did lead the the game in receptions and yards, and did get a catch lined up a, a opposite of Travis Henry, who was the nation's number one recruit this season. Also, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I mean, that was uh, you know, it was just a kind of typical T Mac performance, and and there's, it's going to be a a sign of things to come. I think uh, Rivals is releasing their uh, final rankings for the class. He fin- he will finish as a five star recruit, so there's no concern there that. He's going to drop any. He dropped one spot in the rankings because of some things that got shuffled. But there, at the end of the day, there's going to be a conversation about is he the best receiver in this class? I mean, right now he's number two according to rivals, but there's a legitimate case that he could be the best receiver in this class and you know, end up being you know, one of the top five players in this class. So um, that's definitely something that stood out. And uh, he's so good that it just, you know, a game like that where you have, you know, five catches and 65 yards and, you know, a catch against the, you know, the number one recruit in the country. It feels kind of not as fulfilling, but yeah, no, he's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of production at Arizona and just continue to do what he does. Uh, Jonas Savalinea is somebody else that the offensive lineman who has continued to um, make noise. I mean, he's somebody that because he was in Hawaii, not a lot of people got to see him during the season, but there's always been kind of a good amount of buzz. But now that he's you know at Arizona as an early enrollee, starting to go through workouts, there's been some good you know uh, talk about what he's bringing to the table. Uh, he looked really good during the week and, and the clips that I was able to see and in the game he looked pretty good. But, um, you know, I think he's someone that has a chance to, you know, potentially contribute right away. And I think that's the other big thing that, that I noticed and just kind of watching the game and hearing the buzz coming out of Hawaii, you know, last week was uh, he's going to be someone to watch even as a freshman at Arizona. Mm-hmm. And Tai Tai Uyangalele made himself, a very, he made his presence very well known early in that game as well. I thought he played well in that game. Yeah, I think, you know, all the Arizona players really had a, a, a solid game team. Burnett, it's been difficult. Even at Servite, it was a little bit difficult to get him truly involved because he just had so many weapons there. Yeah, yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see what, what he can do at Arizona because I think he's going to have probably his best chance to make an impact, um, you know, in the last season or so, last year or so, because uh, just because I think they're going to make him a priority. And so that'll be interesting to see kind of how he factors into everything. But, um, yeah, I think, I think all the Arizona guys did a, a pretty good job of, um, you know, making themselves, making their presence felt. And also, you know, based on the film that I've seen from him and now the All-Star game, uh, the Polynesian Bowl, it looks like the rest of the country missed out on a good linebacker in Jake, Jacob Manu. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, Rivals was one of the companies that bumped him up, uh, you know, up in the rankings, and he got close to four-star status by the end of the season. I mean, there, it's, very, it's a very similar story to Noah Fafita in that he has everything you want and he and is – 
productive and makes all the plays that you need a linebacker to make. He just doesn't have the height. And, you know, I think that scared a lot of programs off. And it wasn't the exposure because he was on TV quite a bit and coaches knew where he was. And they're obviously going to recruit T-Mac and all the other players at Servite. And so it wasn't about not being seen. It was coaches saying, we don't trust that his size is going to translate to the next level. But uh, every time I watched him, it never felt like an issue. It always felt like something that could be, um, you know, just part of what happens and, and part of what he does. I mean, it's just not, it, to me, it's not a big concern. And, and so I think he's showcasing why it's not a big concern. And I think he's going to be a very, very productive player for Arizona. And yeah, just another, another guy that I think Arizona could be happy to have on his roster. Well, we can't wait to see the, uh, the final rankings come out uh, near the end of the week and see where Arizona finally settles in the, in the terms of the national ranking, Pac-12 ranking. We know it's going to be good, just depending on you know, which number we get and who we're kind of sandwiched in between there. Finally, Matt, let's talk some college basketball, you know, basketball recruiting, always ongoing at Arizona. Any kind of buzz from some new recruits for, uh, for Arizona basketball for the upcoming class? Yeah, I mean, 2022 is an interesting class. I mean, Arizona has not been very active. They, they've really only offered a handful of players. Um, not really anybody that's popped up yet. There's always, uh, you know, uh, always to be that that situation where Arizona maybe has someone kept quiet and, and tucked away somewhere that really people haven't heard about yet, maybe an international player. So um, Tyrese Proctor is somebody from Australia, a guard from Australia who's a 2023 recruit who could potentially reclassify depending on how things shake out, and Arizona's been involved there. But um, outside of that, a lot of the focus has been on the 2023 class, uh, which tells me that, you know, uh, Tommy Lloyd and, and his staff believe that there's going to be a good return of, of the talent on this yeah. team. So that's positive for Arizona. The other aspect of it is the transfer portal. I think the one thing, the one advantage that Arizona's going to have, you know, this offseason as opposed to last, is that players have had a chance to see what Tommy Lloyd's system looks like. And I think, just based on how it feels, obviously we don't know who all is going to enter the transfer portal, but I think that Arizona's going to have its choice of, of which type of transfers it wants and who it wants to add to the roster that way if they do you know, end up losing more than they, than they expect because I think there's going to be players lined up to want to play for Tommy Lloyd and play in the system. So um, there's always that element too. So that, that I think will kind of carry Arizona over in, 20, in the 2022 class. But 2023 I think is where you're going to really see Arizona make its mark under Tommy Lloyd on the recruiting side. There's been several five-stars who've come by campus and stopped by campus. Um, there's been you know a lot of different players. K.J. Lewis is someone who uh, is, is originally from Tucson, moved out to El Paso, and Arizona recently offered. He'll be taking his visit here in the next couple weeks. Uh, he's someone to keep a close eye on because when I talked to him after he received his offer from Arizona, he mentioned Arizona is my dream school. I grew up watching the team. I know so much about them. I'm a fan of them. Um, so he's going to be someone to watch. A very uh, impressive guard, maybe in, in a similar mold of you know someone like Ben Mathurin, uh, who can push the ball, um, can score, and, and do a lot of different things. And so I, I think he's going to be someone to keep an eye on. Um, but there's there's definitely a lot of high level talent that's paying attention to Arizona right now. Certainly doesn't hurt the way that they go out there and just smash cake teams out there by hunting, you know, hanging 90-plus points on the board and the, and the fun style that they run out there. That certainly helps. And like you said, it will help with transfer portal as well. And not to mention, you know, this staff, you know, as we, we've talked about before, between Tommy Lloyd, Jack Murphy, and Ricardo Foyce, all very well-versed in the international uh, pools of recruiting as well. So that's always something to look forward to in regards to uh, college basketball, specifically with Arizona basketball. Maddie, I appreciate your time, man. Your expertise is always on point. We look forward to the uh, the upcoming Rivals rankings coming out later this week. Make sure you follow Matt at MattGoAZCats. And uh, we appreciate the time, man, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? 
Sounds good. Thanks for having me, Jeff. That's Matt Moreno, and uh, breaking it down like no one else can. He is the expert when it comes to Arizona's recruiting, both football and basketball. He, he absolutely nailed it with the 2022 class. I am in full agreement with him. I think that there are more players that are going to return from this year's Arizona basketball team than other people feel that that will return. Um, and then also the fact that the international waters are always being tested by the Arizona coaching staff because of those three guys that they have that are have been recruiting internationally for quite some time and brought in some really, really good talent over the years uh, at their respective schools, wherever they happen to be, or whether they were just coaching, as in Ricardo Foyce was coaching in the NBA. And, of course, extremely familiar with the uh, the international players as well. All right, we're going to take a timeout. When I return, I'll put a big, bright red, shiny bow on today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. You're listening here on ESPN Tucson. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. Final segment today of this Tuesday edition. Be sure to tune in this afternoon from 3 to 6. Spears and Ali got you covered in all the rest of the day's news and opinions and entertainment value, of course, which you always get with the Spears and Ali Show every single day here from 3 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Tucson. Thanks to, uh, of course, Matt Moreno there who joined us in the last segment, breaking down Arizona recruiting as as only he can. And, in you know, it's that's his job and that's why i lean on the experts to teach me about these types of things i just you know i have to spend my time doing other things as opposed to talking with recruits and uh you know going to watch them play and things like that and that's what matt does and that's why he's the expert and that's why we lean on him so heavily when it comes to reporting the the news in regards to recruiting for arizona basketball arizona football i want to make sure that you guys are informed as well and uh, matt does a great job of explaining it all you can tell um just how just how good he is at his job by how long he's able to talk about a certain recruit or a certain aspect of recruiting. Always great to have Matt on. Does a phenomenal job of breaking everything down for us. And look, the future is bright for both of the men's basketball program and the the football program. Of course, we know that the women's basketball program, the future is bright there. They've got uh, Adia Barnes has got herself the number one recruiting class in the country coming in for 2022. Uh, led by Maya Naji, of course Zeke Naji's younger sister, and several other great players that are going to be coming in to join this program, and the, the legacy left behind by the by the, the the women who are currently in the program, the likes of Sam Thomas and Kate Reese and Shayna Pellington, who is really I mean just absolutely showing out here in uh, in conference play, and of course Ari McDonald. And the legacy that she left behind now with uh, her jersey, retired to the rafters and things like that. So um, always, you know, always good to know that the, the, the programs are in good hands. Speaking of programs in good hands, Arizona baseball, they handed it off to Chip Hale in the offseason when the previous coach decided to start interviewing for jobs in the middle of a World Series run. Um, that's hopefully the last we'll have to talk about him. But Chip Hale, moving forward, has put himself together quite the, basket, uh, quite the quite the baseball team 
And uh, we were waiting for the Baseball America rankings to come out. We, you know, we talked about the other three uh, services that report their rankings. Baseball America, I think, is the one that most people kind of subscribe to in regards to college baseball. Arizona lands at number 13 in the country in the preseason Baseball America poll. So Arizona settling in nicely right between 12 and 15 in all of the different polls that are out there that are reporting and using their, uh, their services, you know, for, you know, for others consumption. So um, 13 in the, in the baseball America poll, Arizona situated nicely. This is going to be a competitive PAC 12 season as it always is for Arizona baseball. And of course, Arizona softball in good hands with Caitlin Lowe at the helm after being handed the job by the great Mike Kendrea. Arizona sports are in good hands right now. Things looking good and uh, very excited to be a Wildcat right now. And uh, you guys all should be too. And look, go out there and enjoy some of the great sports that are that are available. Gymnastics, uh, they're always fun to go to the meets there. And everything else that's going on. Tennis, you know, had themselves a great season. And uh, look, all kinds of fun things going on on the campus. Go and support our student athletes. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Thanks again to Matt Moreno. Senior editor of Go AZ Cats. You can follow him at Matt Go AZ Cats. He's a must follow for Wildcat fans. And of course, thanks to Mary back in the studio for all her hard work. I'll see you guys again tomorrow right here at 7 a.m. for the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. Thanks for listening to the Jeff Dean Show, Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. Jeff will be back tomorrow morning at 7 on ESPN Tucson. From the Casino del Sol studio, the soul of Tucson, this is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson, KWCX Tanca Verde, KMXZ HD4 Tucson.